Okay, doke. Let me just say yes. Yes. Good morning, everyone. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in this great, big, beautiful world. I am Reverend Wendy Silvers, and you have arrived at the Awakened Mother Show. This is a podcast and a vlogcast that is dedicated to enriching the lives of mothers and others emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, financially. And I am so delighted that today we have somebody who is so near and dear to my heart and our family's heart. And her name is Okoyo Graham. And she is an award-winning interdisciplinary artist, educator, and advocate for healing through the arts who has dedicated, underscore, dedicated her life to helping youth in the juvenile justice system, which is kind of like an oxymoron, more on that <laughs> later, realize their spiritual identity. Okoyo has appeared in a wide variety of productions, both on stage and on screen. She is the founder, CEO, ED of Spirit Awakening Foundation, her nonprofit that goes into camps and juvenile detention homes and helps kids that are incarcerated find redemption and also spreads her message to kids in, that are foster youth. And I love this, at promised youth. So welcome to the Awakened Mother Show, Okoyo. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Reverend Wendy. It is my joy to be with you, truly. Thank you. Well, I believe in you so it's so funny because I've known you for, I was just thinking about forever. That. <laughs> right. It feels like forever. And I just remember that, that heart centered uh, connection that I felt with you from the minute I heard you speak, your presence, your countenance, your consciousness is just overflowing with love and power. Thank you, Reverend power. Wendy. Yes. And I could say the exact same to you, <laughs> you know, um, one of my fondest memories was actually when you were pregnant with the magnificent Joy May. And um, as a witness, it just I just knew that you are an awakened mother and that mm -hmm. you would mother this being that you were bringing into the world, you and John, into the world with such uh, a beautiful consciousness and with such love. And uh, I'm just so grateful that that is what has happened and and that you are such a, a, a devoted and beautiful being, uh, both you and your husband as parents. So mm -hmm. I always like to thank parents that raise really wonderful beings because in the line of work that I do, I get to see the antithesis of that so often. You know, I get to see families when they're really at a breaking point or when there's an incredible challenge. So whenever I see parenting done right, I want to acknowledge and give thanks. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I receive all of, you know, the vibration underneath everything that you've shared. And I say to you that you hold this mama countenance as well. You know, I, I've called you mama Okoyo and just, <laughs> I know that you're one of Joy May's aunties in God circle. Right. And it, I, I have such a sense of peace that I know you're there in her life mm. because I've seen how you go the extra distance. You don't just 
talk about what you're doing. You live it. So for those that are joining us, Okoyo is a gifted artist as well an actress and has founded the Spirit Awakening Foundation, which serves underserved youth, youth that are in incarceration, kids that are in foster and aging out, and, and then also at Promise Youth and has this beautiful team that supports this work. And I would love for you to share how that came to be, that, you know, our work is based on catching a vision. That's right. So if you will share just your process. Of course. The vision that came to you. My, my joy to do so, Reverend Wendy. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, as you were speaking, what popped into my mind, so I know I'm to, to share this. I remember when I was in New York City, going to the high school performing arts. And um, my final year, we were trying out for different colleges and so on and so forth. And I had an interview for New York University, which I did get into, I didn't go, but I got into it. Um, and during the interview, they asked me, well, why do you wanna be an actor? What, what is it that makes you wanna be going to the performing arts? And I said, I, I want to do something useful. Mm. I, I want to make a difference. I want the art, the, the work that I do to be meaningful. You know, I, so I knew this back then that I was really looking for ways in which my work could be meaningful. And the, all the acting teachers I had at the time would speak to us about different artists that did amazing things, you know, with their life's work or in terms of their art, art artistry. And mm. so that was sort of the, the basis. And so fast forward to me in uh, Los Angeles, I'd written a one woman play called Spirit Awakening. And I was still looking for ways to really be, to, to make, to have an impact. Uh, and when I came to LA, I was walking down the street and I was literally discovered by someone and I got into a play and got to meet um, some of the greatest uh, stars, uh, Stevie Wonder, Denzel Washington. And you know, we got uh, good reviews for the play. It was a party every night. I did some um, <laughs> made for TV movies. And I'm saying all that to say that I remember one evening going home and just saying, God, is this it? What, I'm just gonna be famous, make a ton of money? You gotta be kidding me. I mean, that was my response. It was like, no, 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 no. I, I need something more, something more meaningful than just you know, making it all about myself. Mm -hmm. You know, and so um, shortly after that, I began volunteer work in the juvenile halls mm. and the camps. And for the first five years of doing that work, it, it was just volunteer. I had no idea that the juvenile system was an entire system that was funded by so many different streams. I had no idea about that. I didn't know about nonprofit work. I didn't know about philanthropy. I just knew that I wanted to give in some meaningful way. And I knew that I had to give with my artistry, with my creativity, that I knew. And so I was sitting at the back of Agape. By now I was at Agape. And, and when I had that um, you know, 
the, the vision and I said, there's got to be more. I hadn't started Agape then. I didn't know Agape. I wasn't a meditator. I wasn't doing any of those things. However, you know, it's so interesting that our life really prepares us for the life we are to live because my family, there are ministers in my family. There are teachers in my family. Mm. There are poets in my family. So it kind of all makes sense. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and so i was sitting in the back of the sanctuary at agape and and the idea was spirit awakening foundation and i thought cool i like the name why not <laughs> no idea what that really would mean you know yeah. <laughs> but isn't that the way of spirit we we get you know we we're pulled in in a way that's unique for us absolutely you know, in a way that we can say yes mm-hmm. and so for me the name spirit awakening foundation i thought was such a cool name it is. And I, I said yes to it and, yeah. and began that work. Um, but for the first five or so years, it really was me by myself going into the camps in the halls and speaking to the kids. And um, what furthered my mission and my dedication commitment, and I always share this, uh, was the image. I was at Barry J. Nidorf Juvenile Hall, which is in Silmar here in Los Angeles. And it's a, it's a juvenile hall. So there are boys and girls there at this facility. And at the time, it was huge. I mean, there were hundreds of incarcerated mm. children at this facility. And I will never forget seeing a group of boys, young boys, children, maybe 10, 11 years old. Uh, certainly, most of them were not above 13. But there was a line of them, Rev. and they were handcuffed and they were also shackled at the ankles. Mm-hmm. Children handcuffed and shackled. That image was so jarring to me. And they were shuffling along with their heads down. And I thought, what is this? You know, what in God's name did they do that we have to not only handcuff them, but we have to shackle them at the ankles together. So they couldn't even, it was horrible. That image was like a slap. And I Mm. said, no, not on my watch. Mm. Whatever I need to do to free these children, I will do it, you know? Yes. Mm. And the image, I I can feel that in my heart when you share that. And then the words free them. I can identify with how things prepare us for where we are and our work with my work and how I remember when the calling came both to work with mothers and children and then to create something, you know, a movement. And I just remember thinking, really, did I hear this? This, you know, like <laughs> part of me, I have to just really like call myself out because part of me was like, oh my God, this is so unsexy. Like, what <laughs> Like, what are we talking about here? What, what is it spirit? But what I know from our practice is that I say, yes, we say yes. That's right. And when I hear you speak, what I, I also think about how spirit just knocks on your heart, keeps knocking, keeps knocking until you finally say, okay, open the door. That's right. I am, I'm here for you. And so the programs that you offer mm-hmm. these children well, I'm going to back up. So because we are spiritual beings having a human life experience and the emotional journey is something that is given to us as humans, mm-hmm. what is your work? What is the work that you do so you are free? 
when you walk into the a place like that and you see little children shackled and shuffling? That's you- a great question. Great question, Reverend Wendy. Um, my work is also, it's really the same as the, that which we offer in our programs. I practice meditation. Mm-hmm. I pray a lot. Both of those things a lot. There's not a yeah. day. If I don't pray and meditate, I just, I feel out of sorts. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine living a life without th- those uh, skill sets now. I can't imagine a life. I don't want to imagine a life where I do not immediately open my eyes and pray and give thanks for the gift of life. And, and maybe it's, a, it's a, a function of getting older, but now mm-hmm. this life is just so much more precious to me because I see, and I, maybe because of the, the past three years we've had with COVID and seeing so many people transition you know, mm-hmm. so I recognize that this is so fleeting and it is such an extraordinary gift, even in those moments where I'm not having fun, even in those moments where it's challenging, I appreciate it all, even though tears may be streaming down my face. It's like, I love life, you know, and I appreciate it. You know, I may not be having that experience, but um, so those are the practices that I have. I like to take walks by the beach. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I try to do that every day. You know, mm-hmm. and if I don't get to the beach, at least I walk. So I do things that um, help to ground me, things that help me to feel safe within myself, mm-hmm. you know, so that when I'm in front of um, participants in our programs, it's not just about me telling them what to do, because you can't really tell kids what to do. You, you sort of have to model it for them. You know, right. you know, you can tell us about that. You, you, you know, they don't hear what you say. They hear what you do very loudly. So it's not about trying to model perfection. It's about trying to model authenticity, to be mm-hmm. authentic, to be myself. What, mm, what a gift. What a gift to carry. That, that's why that saying who you are speaks so loudly. You need not utter a word. Is that's right. Because when you do that work and you carry that into the camp, and you have received so many awards and acknowledgement. And I am certain that you have softened many hardened hearts mm-hmm. and helped children to make peace with themselves. Is 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 that part of the work that you are doing in the camps? and with the kids that are outside of the camp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I remember too, one time I was shopping, grocery shopping, and this woman, I didn't know her, approached me and she said, I know who you are. You are Akuyo Graham, Spirit Awakening. I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, I recognize you because um, my nephew has a book with your picture on it. And she just said, thank you. And her, ne- her nephew was at Los Padrinos Juvenile Hall. And she thanked me because she said, he said, you're just so kind. Mm-hmm. You're just so kind, you yes. know, and in, in a space where kindness is a premium, you know, where it isn't often experienced. She said, mm-hmm. thank you for being kind. That I, that's been one, one of the best responses I've ever gotten to this work, I must mm-hmm. say, really touched me, you know, uh, that the young man in question would really be responsive to kindness mm-hmm. and recognize it, mm-hmm. you know, and appreciate it. Yeah. So that, that really touched me. Yeah, it's beautiful and it's true. It's 
Very true. And your programs, you have people go in. I, I, I'm reflecting on what you said about COVID. Um, I'm thinking about, I know when I went to a woman's, uh, I, I think it was a woman's prison or a woman's jail. I don't, I don't remember exactly which. One of the uh, statements that I heard from the women was, thank you so much for, for coming. We feel so invisible. Mm. yeah and yeah yeah because the system is created in such a way that you know they are given numbers you know they're not there and, and um they are invisible and probably because the people who work in those places if they were to see them as human then they would have to recognize them within themselves and that's just not something we teach in, in modern society you know, because look at our, you know, the, the, the world of um, uh, pharmaceuticals, everything is designed to numb everything. If there's pain, God forbid, you should just inquire, what is this pain about? You know, right. what is it here? To, what message is it giving right. me? Immediately take a drug, don't feel it, you know, numb it down. And that's everything we're, you know, we're taught. And so again, our systems are also created that way to numb everything down, to not see people, not see each other, not certainly not feel, because if you are to feel, then you would recognize it in yourself, you mm -hmm. know, and you would recognize that this person is not the other, that's me, you know, this person is me. And so we've designed our systems to completely um, put us all at arm's length away from each other. Yes, yes. And I often, I mean, I, I agree with you about the pharmaceutical industry and, and how that has this, this sick care system in so many ways. And, and also about the trauma, there's this repatterning and re-traumatizing. I, I often think some of the kids that got caught up wrong time, wrong place, or had this trauma response and hurt somebody, if they had been held in a container Yes. Where, like you're saying, they're they're acknowledged as human, you know, human emotion and experience and respect. They wouldn't right. be there. That's right. You know, I remember during one of my earlier experiences at Camp Scott, which at the time was the only girls facility, exclusively girls facility in Santa Clarita. And this one young, brilliant young woman would come into class and just be, you know, she said, there's a reason that these girls are the way that they are, you know, and she would say that. And she was right. You know, even I, I remember times with some of the boys, which is where I started at uh, Juvenile Hall in Silmar in, in the gang unit, special handling unit. And these were young men that were going away for a long time. They were going away 83 years, some of them were given. 200 years, yeah, believe it or not, you know, and as I interviewed them and spoke with them, sure enough, most of them had been incredibly traumatized, abused, raped, I mean, in, in the most hideous ways. And then we are surprised that their behavior is the way it is, you know, and, and, and so um, <clears throat> the good news is that Los Angeles County, the Board of Supervisors in LA County has mandated that within the next five years, 
all the juvenile halls be closed, the juvenile halls and juvenile facilities be closed so that we can move into a more caring system um, of responding to young people that get in trouble with the law, to young people mm -hmm. that act out, to young people with mental issues, to young people that are dealing with addiction, to our children that are dealing with trauma, you know? And so um, if all goes well, LA County could really model a new way of do, dealing in this arena. So it's very exciting, you know, to see, it's, a, it's a heavy lifting, it's not gonna be easy because there are those who are completely opposed to this. Of course. However, right? Um, however, you know, it, it, it is the right thing to do because most of the children are not there for, you know, terrible, terrible crimes. Most of the harm they've inflicted are really on each other, themselves, their families, you know, and, um, and it's a cry for help. It really mm, yes. is the bottom line. Yes, and how I'm so happy that you're there with the program, the programs that you provide to help yes. these kids make peace with themselves. Because the worst part is being somewhere, even if when you're not in a jail or a camp, and you know, at three, two, three a.m. in the morning, and the mind starts, you know, worrying, and you're caught. So it's such a gift that you go in there and you do that. And each year you have presented this magnificent event. And it's very, it's also very, um, when the sentences are read. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. I just, yes. I, I often contemplate and I think, how could we be so inhumane? Mm -hmm. And how could we discard children? That's right. It's just, it's like, oh, you know, well, let's not find out like you've just uncovered what what prompted somebody to do that. If somebody feels completely disempowered and they're not given healthy options that's right. and practices. That's right. I know it's 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 astounding, isn't it, that uh, judges can look at children 17 mm. years old, 18, 16 and say, yes, I'm giving you 200 years. What they used to tell me is, yes, I've got to die several times, you know, and come back to finish my sentence. I mean, it just, I, I remember um, one time as at Los Padrinos Juvenile Hall, working in the special handling unit again with some of the girls. And um, I had a panic attack mm. because I, I just thought, oh my goodness, these girls, you know, 17, 15 and they're being given these sentences 50 years, 70 years, whatever. And I had a real panic attack because the idea of not being able to take a walk on the beach just absolutely made me crazy. And, and, and the girls, you know, they just sat and just held me. We did a meditation. Mm -hmm. They said, oh, um, Mr. Cuyo, it's okay, we'll be okay. And they were comforting me because I just could not deal with the, the, the fact that some of them were going to go away for that long. Yeah. You know, it, it was intense, but yeah. that's what some of these kids, you know, have been dealing with. And yeah. so really, I'm just so grateful that life has given me and the team of artists that I have the privilege and honor to work with the opportunity to make a difference in this way, you know, to make meaningful contributions. Mm. I'm just so grateful that mm -hmm. we've been given that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And, and it's a, it's a calling on your soul. I feel like it was 
it was meant to be. That's right. There's, there's no one besides you who, who could do this in the way that you do it. And it's so beautiful what you do. And, and I appreciate your sharing that because I know when I've, I've attended the Voices of the Unheard very pretty much every year that, that I knew about it. And I just know how I feel in my solar plexus that, that when I hear about that, and when, when you have the, the kids write a story or a healing, and I think what an extraordinary gift for them to find an avenue of expression because they're smart, they're creative, they're alive. That's right. They are. And, you know, um, you were asking, well, what is the work we do? And really it's the impetus is to help these young people become free from the thoughts, the feelings, the memories, the experiences that enslave them. You know, before you can be incarcerated, you have to be incarcerated in your mind. And so our work fundamentally is to help them um, free themselves from the internalized racism, sexism, homophobia, all, all, the, all of the isms that we have, the ageism, you know, to really look at the things that enslave them so that they can be free. You know, one of my favorite exercises when I'm in the camps in the halls, when the kids are, are going to meet, you know, for a hearing to the judge or the courts, you know, and, and I would remind them, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, stand straight and tall because a man can't ride your back if you're standing tall, you know, so mm. I would say to the kids, mm. when you walk into that courtroom, you're not walking in there as a beggar or as a slave. You're walking in there as walk in there intentionally. Walk with your head held high. You know, it's not your ego, but you walk with your soul. Walk with all of who you are. And when you speak to the judge, look at the judge. You know, don't be afraid. Just go in there with everything in you. Go with your full self. And it, it is very powerful, you know, because most of them have not been encouraged to do that. You know, again, they've seen the antithesis of that, you know, so to model for them what it means, again, to be authentic, to be your own true self, you know, without needing approval from others. It doesn't matter if they like you or don't like you, right. you know, that is none of your business, right. you know, and actually you don't want to live a life where everybody likes you. Number one, it's impossible. Number <laughs> two, this means you're not doing anything, you know, go in there. Yes. Make a rift, make a shift you know, get on their nerves, you know, irritate them. That's, that's our jobs, you know, right. so. Disrupt, disrupt that up. pattern. That's right. Free. That's right. Yeah. That's oh, right. Beautiful. Well, I know you're also an author. Yes. yes. <laughs> and is that something that the kids read when, when is this part of the curriculum? I mean, I'm sure it changes the curriculum because as you continue to grow and evolve, I'm certain that the that's programs right. grow and evolve with you because that's just the nature. Of Absolutely. Yeah. And, and curriculums are living organisms. You know, yes. it's not like there's something you've done and it stays that way. To me, the beauty of the Spirit Awakening curriculum, and I can say that because I'm very aware that it came through me. Yes, I may be the author of it, but really where did it come from? It comes from the creator, you know? 
know, I said yes and allowed it to birth itself through me. And so what I love about our curriculum is that depending on who's teaching it, and it's so wonderful because on the Zoom call right now, um, some of the artists that I work with are all here and each one of them teaches this in their own unique way. And that's what's so beautiful. You know, we have a training, of course, and they're trained in the ways of the curriculum. However, they know that they can take ownership and they will teach it very differently from the way I teach it. And that's as it should be, you know, and, and, and so that's exciting to me. And yes, when I'm teaching, I will use uh, some of the things that I've written, whether it's my play or the little book of transformation or poems that I've written um, or stories, some of the stories that have been published, um, I will take that with me. So I have a whole suitcase full of, you know, uh, work that I've done myself that I can share with my students to encourage them as a way to help them free their voices, discover their voices and, and, and free them to create their mm. own unique expressions as well. Wow. Mm, just gorgeous how empowering you know how how what a service Aww. to provide for these kids really so well, will you say about how you have um been able to win their trust because with kids and teens it's that's a walk yes it is yes yeah. it is you're you're so right I think for me um, it comes from showing up. Mm. They see me show up when, and I don't teach as much as I used to, but, you know, I would, from where I live to driving to these places where they're held and it's not like around the corner from me, yeah. you know, I mean, sometimes I'm driving an hour and a half, two hours, one way to get mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. So showing up consistently Yes. You know, whether it's we're having tons of rain or it's 150 degrees showing up and showing up in, in, in authentically mm -hmm. being there for them. They see that I've had kids who, when they were in the program, were rude. They didn't participate. But when they're out, they might see me and go, Miss Akuyo, I love your program. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you gave me hell. He goes, no, 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 no. You know, sometimes I had to do that just to be safe in the space. But you you really care for us, don't you? You really care. And I think they have, again, they have to see it. Yes. They have, children have to see it. You yes. know, that it has to be, they have to feel that they can trust you. And how will that happen? Well, that's, it's, that's got to be built. Yeah. That's got to be built, you know, and the showing up. I remember we had um, a, a presentation and um, at a different space and there were all these probation officers were there. You know, you think they were, forgive me, you, you think they were, you know, patrolling Jeffrey Dahmer or something, it was, but they, it was inundated with all these officers with these kids. And one of the probation officers, when she looked at the interactions between me and the kids, she goes, they really love you. I have not seen that. They really genuinely love you. Well, I really genuinely love them too, mm. you know? So I see so often adults go into these spaces and they're afraid of them. You know, they're afraid of the kids, the, these young people. And, and, and I can understand sometimes the behavior is really abhorrent. The behavior can be really, 
can be really ugly. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's not, it's not easy work. It's not for the faint of heart. Right. It is hard work. Mm-hmm. And you will, you know, they will bring you to your knees, you know. And yet, at the end of it, though, if you keep showing up in love, now, in love doesn't mean I don't have boundaries or that anything goes. Because I've seen that, too. I've seen adults, artists come in and like, oh, yeah, write anything. Do anything you want. And it's like, no. <laughs> no, you don't get to do anything or write anything. You know, you have to raise the standards, yes. you know, and give them something to reach for. And they'll do it. They'll reach for it. That's you so know? profound. You've got to, because yeah. so often... I see teachers and advocates going into these spaces and even in our regular schools, dumbing things down oh. for our kids. You know, they do it particularly for black and brown children. Yes. Without a doubt. Let, let's dumb it down. Yeah. So they can, you know, if they don't understand, they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. And actually the function of the teacher, it's our job to break it down. You know, you can take a very profound, very you know, intellectual idea and a good teacher will know how to break it down so yeah. that their audience, their participants, their students will understand. Mm-hmm. And if, if I can't do that, then I have no business teaching it, you know? Right. So, right. you know, just, I just want to tell educators, stop dumbing things down for these children. Let them reach because they can. Yes. So children are extraordinary. Yeah. Their compassion their brilliance you know we live in a society that exploits children uh, you know we don't really <clears throat> give them the space or the respect we exploit them we exploit their youth their beauty their energy but we at spirit awakening are saying why don't we create a space where we honor and respect and really acknowledge and take in what they have to offer and use it in our society Mm, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. Thank you. You're bringing that. it out of me, Reverend Wendy. <laughs> I know yeah. I'm speaking to an awakened soul, so I better be on my A game. <laughs> uh, you are. You are, and I just the dignity with which you move through this. I mean, that's. You know, it's so funny because there's women in my life and, and I think, I, I want to watch what she's doing. I want to, I, I want to shadow her. I want, I want to be in her, in her wake of vibrational frequency. And you are one of those women because I have seen you throughout the years navigate what is pretty gnarly. I mean, this is pretty gnarly. You're dealing with probation officers. You're dealing with, you know, sometimes judges, you're dealing with bureaucracy you're dealing with donors you're dealing with the kids so it's this soup it is it is it's a it's a lot and again because there's some of them are here I just want to also acknowledge the team of brilliant artists that I get to work with you know um, I'm just so grateful so grateful they are really amazing and um, I'm, I'm grateful for that you yeah. know, but it is, you're right, Reverend Wendy, it's a lot to deal with. And all the things you just mentioned, whether it's probation, the county, the donors, the teachers, the children, their families, 
it is it's they're all different worlds you know and again i feel like at spirit awakening it is our intention to really be the thread that connects it all because we are all connected yes. you know and and yeah. to to remember that so that in dealing with all those different spaces and places and people we remember that we are connected that we're really not separate mm. even though that's how we deal with it in the world of effects right. in, in the world of humanity However, we are one, you know, and um, yes, yeah. yes. Thank you. Thank you for bringing, bringing that back to it. I think of that as, you know, that's the center, that's the yes. center point. And then there's the, the tributaries or the octopus legs, but right in the center. That's right. Is, the heart, is, is we are all one and yeah. you are an emissary of such divine love mm-hmm. and redemption coming home to themselves, helping them get free. So thank you for that so much. Thank you for your work and your being in the world. Really. Thank you, Reverend Wendy. Yeah. So are you yeah. going to be watching uh, Voices this Friday? I was just going to ask you if you would share about Friday night, November 4th online. That's right. Yes. And I'm going to make sure that it's in the liner notes. We are, we oh, are YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes. So every oh, platform is going to have you know, the link to participate Friday night. It's free. What, what a generosity. So will you tell more? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, Yeah. When we had a pivot to online, it just didn't make sense. And um, George and I speak about this all the time. It was like, you know, we just wanted to make it as easy as possible for everyone, just like you did for me today. You know, here's the link, just click on the link and you're there. We didn't want people to have to go and register or pay, you know, money, because again, it's been a challenging three years for everybody, you know, and now with inflation. So it's like, how can we make this as easy as possible for everyone? So, and also recognizing that doing it this way allows us to reach more people. You know, um, I do love the in-person though, I've got to say, because there's something about connecting with one another. In any event, it is this Friday, November 4th at 7 p.m. Pacific time, and people can access it on our website at uh, www.spiritawakening.org or our YouTube or Facebook uh, pages. And they just click on the link and they'll get right into the show. And I'm very excited. We have a special guest singer, uh, two special guest singers, Joy Mae Silvers hmm, <laughs> and uh, Mijuan Owens. <laughs> and... Um, and again, kudos to you and John, Reverend Wendy. Really, it's um, raising a child at any time is no easy thing. And, and, and I like to think, especially now in this day and age, I think it's particularly challenging, you know, and you have raised such a caring, loving, beautiful soul. You. So um, you certainly are an awakened mother. Thank so um I'm excited for what we're going to share. Some of the pieces, again, are very, very powerful. Reverend Michael, our teacher and friend and brother, will be joining us as always, giving us the opening evocation and also mm-hmm. um, reading one of the pieces by a, a young man in our mentoring program who is brilliant. And, um, and Deborah Wilson, the actress, who's uh-huh. an amazing actor. Um, she'll be joining us, Al Rodrigo. So it's going to be a beautiful event where we celebrate the resiliency, the purpose of our young people, 
because they do have a purpose for being here. And we, we hear the voices that wouldn't necessarily be heard, you know, and, and, and of course we'll close out with the, um, the pray for me, the, the call of the, the, the names. And can I tell you the power of praying? Yes, there are many organizations doing a lot of work, but can I tell you all those names that I know of that I knew personally, most of them have gotten out, uh, even though they were given those sentences. So it tells you, you know, the intentionality, that piece of the program is so powerful. It is so powerful because collectively, you know, and that is the pray for me is actually one of the most, um, you know, requests I get in, you know, even the most, the toughest looking gang member, you know, didn't pay any mind to me in the class, but as I'm leaving, we'll and they'll give me a note or they'll whisper, will you say a prayer for me? I'm going to court on Monday. Or I mean, that request, I have gotten more than any other request. Pray mm. for me. Mm. You know, mm. So when we do that, it's very, very meaningful. It's very intentional, oh. very intentional. Beautiful. Well, I was feeling called to pray before, before we joined. And I would love to speak the word for Spirit Awakening. And I would love that. All the work that you are doing. So I'm just going to jump in and uh, do a laser, do a laser prayer. Just, oh, my heart is overflowing with gratitude and thanksgiving for my beloved sister, Okoyo Graham. How grateful I am for the way God shows up as Okoyo and Spirit Awakening. How grateful I am to pause and recognize, re-know, re-mind myself that this infinite invisible presence that is called by so many names and answers to them all is right here, right now, revealing itself as my life in every cell and every organ action and function of my body, my mind and my spirit. I am one with the one. And as I know this to be the truth of my life, I know that this is the truth for Okoyo, that right where she is, that everywhere she is, that everywhere she goes, everywhere she stands, she is wholly and fully sourced, supplied, infused, and suffused by this infinite, invisible presence that so loved itself that it recreated itself and called itself by her name, Okoyo God, God Okoyo. And it is in and from this unified field of love and unconditional love that I speak this word blessing Okoyo for all of the work that she does with the kids at the camps and beyond because her work ripples out into foster youth and at promise youth. Just the work that she does is so brilliant and her acting and her writing. So just blessing Okoyo, blessing her beloved, her, her husband, Matt, and her mom and blessing all of the members of Spirit Awakening Foundation, Georgia and T and Juliet and Jason, everyone who shows up, Joy May, I just bless Spirit Awakening. I bless this event on Friday night, knowing that it is beautiful and magnificent and expansive and just blows the lid off everything that has existed before into a greater opportunity for these children, blessing these children, holding them high, knowing that right where they are, God is too. And so with deep gratitude for this and so much more than words can say or eyes can see, I simply allow this to be knowing it is done, knowing it is so, I say, and so it is. And Amen. So it 
It is. Thank you so much, Reverend Wendy. Mm. And shout out to Patty, who's here with us too. Oh, hi, Patty. <laughs> yes, all of that. Hi. Prayer. And thank you for including Moss and my mama. Thank you yes. so much. That really touched me. My pleasure. Thank you for being here. And I'll make sure you all that you have ways to connect with Spirit Awakening Foundation and the link so you can go Friday night. And uh, remember, it's Pacific time. And I'll make sure that you have all links to connect with me as well. So have a beautiful, blessed day. Go forth knowing that you are powerful beyond measure, loved beyond description, and a force for good in the world. So spread um, your magic. Peace um, and many blessings. Peace Thank and you. many blessings to you, Reverend Wendy. God Thank bless you, your family, friends, and relations. Mm -hmm. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. It is my joy. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye for now.